Hey everybody, it's Jeff, uh, and happy National Day of Prayer. Uh, don't know if you knew this, but May 5th this year is the uh, the National Day of Prayer. Uh, it was something that was put in place years ago, the first Thursday, I believe, of every May is uh, designated as the National Day of Prayer. And so uh, the reason I am greeting you on this day with it, and with a special podcast episode is actually um, through some cool work that I've been blessed to be able to do with GMCC, which is a, a local nonprofit here in the Twin Cities area called uh, that um, the acronym <coughs> comes from uh, uh, its original name, which was the Greater Minneapolis Council of Churches. Over 100 years ago, uh, they were formed and uh, to do exactly kind of what their name said, which is to kind of bring together all the different uh, church communities, uh, interfaith uh, around the metro area to do good work. And anyway, I've been on that board now uh, for the last year or so and have been able to help out with a podcast for GMCC called Masterful Collaborations. So the reason that I'm uh, that you're listening to me now talk about it is I, for the National Day of Prayer, I had the opportunity to interview just a really, really neat guy. Pastor Bill McLean is over at Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Minneapolis. And uh, I wanted to share his episode on this National Day of Prayer. He is a great example of a manna man. Uh, he had a very successful career in uh, bond trading and really like super cool stuff uh, for years and then did even cooler stuff by uh, entering the seminary and becoming a Lutheran pastor and has been doing that now for the last 10 years or so. So really neat guy. Uh, we'll get him on mana for his own life story. But in the meantime, wanted you to uh, enjoy his episode on the GMCC podcast uh, talking about the National Day of Prayer. Hey everybody, welcome to the Masterful Collaborations podcast brought to you by GMCC in partnership, of course, with the many people and organizations that help bring forth an equitable structure for collaboration and power sharing in areas of food, youth, and well-being. For the second year in a row now, GMCC is honored to celebrate the National Day of Prayer with faith leaders from across the Twin Cities metro area. From its origins over 100 years ago as the Greater Minneapolis Council of Churches and up through today, GMCC recognizes the mobilizing power and potential across all faith traditions to advance positive social change. And this year's National Day of Prayer campaign is going to feature podcast episodes like this one with faith leaders like today's guest who are leading the kind of masterfully collaborative work, collaborative, collaborative work, GMCC is committed to sharing and shining more light upon. So today with us is Pastor Bill McLean from Mount Olivet Lutheran Church, a church that literally covers a lot of ground here in the Twin Cities uh, with campuses uh, here in Minneapolis and in Victoria and another like half a dozen affiliations uh, all over the place. Uh, and Pastor McLean, or Pastor Bill, as he's known by his fans, has been at Mount Olivet now for the last 10 years after a very successful career in fixed income sales and trading. So he 
took that whole money changer table story in the Bible to heart, <laughs> evidently. <laughs> and uh, in addition to leading, lead, uh, leading several ministries here at Mount Olivet, he's also served on the boards of several community organizations. Uh, in fact, for any listeners out there who tuned in to last year's GMCC National Day of Prayer Virtual Town Hall, you'll remember that Pastor Bill uh, was part of that. In fact, uh, he served double duty now as not only a participant in our virtual town hall, but he was also a board member and an organizer of that whole darn thing. So we're very honored to have Pastor Bill back for round two. Welcome, Pastor Bill, to our National Day of Prayer podcast. Thank you, Jeff. Great introduction. You did your research. I did a little bit of... Uh, thanks to LinkedIn and uh-huh. the wiki. Yes, we thank you. Done. So, so you know, as I mentioned, uh, you 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 were with us last year. You you helped us organize yes. this last year, and where we gathered with uh, with other faith leaders uh, to talk about kind of the state, kind of the state of our of our metro area, and, and the role that prayer kind of can play in the healing process and the communication process. And so to kind of start off, I mean, just because you 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 have the unique uh, position of actually being here a year ago, what's your assessment on, on how we're doing, you know, over this last year? We're doing better, to sum it up. Uh, I have tried to place myself back a year. And uh, as I look at it, we, we reopened on Palm Sunday with limited numbers. We had to space people. Um, so reopening on Palm Sunday and then having Easter Sunday again um, was so joyous mm-hmm. for all of us who could participate. Uh, this year was almost back to normal. But um, in the course of the last year, we... Um, I'd say because of COVID, um, because of uh, just the, all the circumstances that are colliding in our world, um, I, we've, we've experienced heightened anxiety. Yeah. And uh, I think as a, as a representative of God, uh, I sometimes bear the brunt of that heightened anxiety. And um, we've just got a lot of people who are are mad about different things. Mm-hmm. Um, mad because we didn't open soon enough. Mad because we opened too soon. Yeah. Uh, mad about uh, the state of things in our community, in our world. Um, just a lot of heightened anxiety. Yeah. Well, and I do think as much as we're, everyone has been excited over the last year to kind of get back to normal, because of what preceded it, the, the re-entry has been a little discombobulating because people are like, like they want to get back, but then getting back and even the effects of COVID, the effects of a lot of the civil unrest in our communities, it it still lingers. It's not like everything kind of went back to normal. So as we, as we on this day are are talking about prayer and also recognizing these lingering, you know, kind of effects, how are you seeing, let's take prayer first. As people are coming back, are you getting a sense at all of has, has the role of prayer changed at all or is it needing to be sort of like do people kind of need to get kind of back in shape you know at all or is it is it is it is has the dimension changed uh because of what's shaken down over the last couple years that's a really good question i uh i have needed prayer more in the last year for myself uh to center myself to um really have God help me sort out 
um, the main points. Um, you know, what am I stressed about? Bottom, you know, get to really the, the crux of what I'm stressed about mm -hmm. and kind of forget all the little things and focus on, um, on the main things, the main points. And I think as a faith leader, um, I have always opened gatherings with prayer that uh, is, is thought out and I hope relevant for the folks who are gathered and to maybe be an example of, of, of how to pray um, because I just think people are, are, are stressed and as things are getting back to normal, uh, the, the temperature's lowering a little bit, mm -hmm. but um, there are still people that are stressed. Uh, Easter Sunday, we had people uh, very scared of, of COVID still, mm -hmm. uh, masked and really apprehensive about being here, um, thankful to be here, but people are still afraid. Others are not. Uh, they're like, uh, it's inevitable that I get it. I'm just going to get it and get it over with. Right, right. What about, you know, last year when we, when we met as a group in, in still the throes of COVID, uh, or at least not, not yet out of the woods, and very much, in fact, I was reading something, I think it was uh, last March, where um, the, the, the Chauvin trial was on, was being streamed. Uh, right. and, and so it was very much at a peak of some of this, the civil unrest and the racial, uh, you know, kind of um, inequities and stuff. How, how, how does, and you know, Mount Olivet is such a, like I mentioned in the introduction, it's a very uh, expansive community, both mm -hmm. by locations, but also partnerships. How have you seen the, at large, the, the Mount Olivet community at large respond to these matters of you know you know quote unquote justice and I would imagine that it varies by parishioner by location by ministry area just because you cover so much ground here. You're right. We are uh, we are a very large church. We are a very big tent church. We have uh, beliefs for any issue across the spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say we do our best work when we are partnering with uh, some of our ministry partners who are trained um, to respond to, to the issues at hand. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we have volunteers that, that are working with these ministry partners. Um, we're not necessarily, we have a few programs that we have initiated ourselves, but um, they're dealing more with um, uh, basic food needs. Yeah. How does we, uh, for, for listeners that don't have the benefit of seeing <clears throat> uh, the, 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 the spectacle of the two of us here in, our, in, our, in, our, in all of our glory, <laughs> we're actually sitting in what used to be the library uh, here at, at, uh, at Mount Olivet where you can, and in fact, right behind us, there's a the little like little kids table, which I was almost uh, 
I was tempted to set us up there just for the heck of it so we could feel, <laughs> you know, very, very kind of retro. But, but as you think of youth, um, as I'm setting the, the scene here with, with just imagining this, this place with young people kind of bustling, how, how have you seen, and maybe there's been no change, so maybe it's just, a, it's a, it's just a, an answer of just how youth, period, or comma, um, the, how they're processing the turbulence of the last couple of years, you know, whether it's been on the health side or on this, you know, more civil side, how are you seeing youth, the youth of Mount Olivet, um, handle it and maybe, maybe rise to the occasion in their own way? I think the youth have suffered more than, um, than people my age, mm. for sure. Uh, not only uh, homeschooling or being at home, looking at a computer to do their learning. The, the community have, that they have experienced has been um, kind of unrealistic community via social media mm-hmm. rather than personally gathering with friends. Uh, we have a lot of opportunities now for youth to gather. I can see some healing happening, uh, but I think it's going to take time. Yeah. And uh, I, I just think the uh, isolation has... Um, has affected has affected youth and it's also greatly affected some of our older members who maybe live in senior facilities and they have had to stay in their apartments and be isolated yeah Um, yeah i believe god created us to be social animals and that is unnatural and uh, i think i think we suffer when we are are isolated like like we have been. Yeah. You mentioned um, earlier just the, the collaborative nature that model of it kind of takes across ministries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at GMCC, as you know, as a, as a former board member, uh, that, that's at the, at the core of what GMCC is also trying to, to kind of do and help kind of broker, specifically with, uh, in the faith um, sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think are the biggest opportunities for faith leaders like yourself, organizations like Mount Olivet, and across the spectrum of all of the faith traditions we have here in the, in the Twin Cities. What are, what are some of the biggest opportunities you think that we have to, to better collaborate across, across those kind of, I don't hate to call them lines, but you know, across all of the different lanes of, of faith? Well, we, last year at the, uh, uh, during the, the uh, panel discussion, mm-hmm. um, Rabbi Zimmerman was talking about the good work that the downtown uh, churches do, that they are in a partnership. And uh, I have to say I was envious of that, that uh, I want to be a part of that, but we're too far away from the city, but that they have collaborated in helping, uh, you know, major social or justice issues in the city uh, one of the programs that I'm very proud of here is um, our Loaves and Fishes community meal. Mm-hmm. And during COVID, it was, uh, it was an important um, program for folks who were, had lost jobs, who were on the margins, didn't know where their next meal was coming from. Uh, so we had a drive-through Loaves and Fishes. And I have had the privilege of talking to every car that comes through and they know I'm a pastor Mm -hmm. and they've specifically asked for a prayer for certain things. Um, 
but just getting to know these folks and knowing their situations and it, it seems small but I mean we served uh, about 2,000 meals a week wow. but it, it seems small but just uh, for these folks to have a faith community and the face of a pastor to relate to uh, when they're experiencing difficulty and in some of their some of their cases it was uh, absolutely unexpected yeah. they never imagined themselves in the situation that they were in and this was um, this was across racial and um, religious lines yeah well and yeah and I think none of us know the levels of isolation that people are living in at right. any given time and whether it's like literal isolation like they're just cooped up at home or just even the psychological or spiritual isolation that then being able to see you as they're coming through and making that connection even if it's a brief one it's just it's a yeah it's a touchstone so. i know that we as a church have had a, a larger than normal increase in the number of funerals we've done yeah and i i have heard from people uh that you know the national level of um de deaths is higher and you know i attribute that to you know as as a, a result of the isolation that people experienced yeah yeah well plenty of uh, plenty of work to do as we close off uh today in this episode seeing that we are celebrating the national day of prayer my last question is about prayer mm -hmm. and it is what and we're going to ask everybody the same question so uh and then we're going to compare everybody's answers <laughs> i'm just kidding who, who has uh, the best answer exactly exactly yes. and they'll be crowned the king or the queen okay, of uh, yeah. the gmcc national day but going, the <laughs> going for that <laughs> but the last question is what what is your prayer what what would be your prayer for the twin cities community for 2022 Boy, that is a big ask. Mm. And you don't have to pray it. It's just like, what would it be like about? Or what would be the kind of the theme for it? You don't actually have to launch into it here. Well, I think if we were to pray that God helps us to see, um, to see more how we are alike, mm. have similar needs and wants and desires, not only for ourselves, but for our families. If we could just see that versus what, what our differences are and, and not focus on our differences, but um, how we are alike as, as members of the human, human family, yeah. you know, uh, that would be my prayer because I think we would, we would get along better. Amen to that. I would say a big amen to that prayer. So, well, thank you, Pastor Bill McLean, and uh, thank you all for tuning in to this episode and to the needs of the community that we all share. GMCC is honored to work with and for you to create masterful collaborations on this National Day of Prayer and on all the days that follow.